John chapter number four. Boy, it's been a good day in the Lord's house. Amen. I, I want to. I want to. Really, I, I'm just going to tell you right up front. This this message is 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 about motivating. It's about motivating you and me to go out and tell somebody about Jesus. We've got two weeks. We've got two weeks before Easter. Uh, I honestly believe this is possibly possibly could be the the, the best Easter we've ever had. Now, I know you say, well, you say that all the time, but here's the deal. Uh, it, it, something just dawned on me. We were we were really uh, kind of in limbo about what we needed to do because we wasn't sure if we were going to get in the building in time. And and so most of you know, most of if you come to uh, some of our big events, we, we put uh, uh, a lot of drama in it and different things like that. And and we, we tried to stay simple. We knew we were going to be limited in, in what we were going to be able to do. Uh, it possibly, it was supposed to be the first service on Easter. Thank God we're going to be able to go this week in it. Say amen. But we really, really made it simple. Really simple. And I'm telling you, I've gone over it a hundred times in my head. I've gone over it in my studies. I've gone over it and how it's going to be laid out. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's, here's, here's, let, me, let me give it to you. Let me give it to you. I'm not going to give it all to you, but I'm going to give you. The first Sunday, Easter Sunday, is going to be Jesus past. Say that with me. Jesus, him past. What he did for us, what he was when he was here on this earth, Jesus in his earthly form, and what he did for us. And you know, that's what most people are familiar with. Most people are familiar with the cross. Most people are familiar with the miracles. Most people are familiar with those things. But, but then the following Sunday, the next Sunday, it's going to be Jesus present. In other words, what Jesus is doing for you right now. You've got to understand, uh, uh, he's not just up there waiting for his father to send him to come get his bride. He is interceding. Somebody say amen. He is there ministering on our behalf. And then the third Sunday... It will be Jesus' future. He has got a future. He is coming again. Say amen. Anyway, it's all about Jesus. And when you put all the focus and you put all the effort on magnifying and glorifying and revealing Jesus, God's going to touch it. And I believe with all of my heart, I believe with all of my heart, we need to get as many people who do not know Jesus as possible into that building so they can see who Jesus is. Amen? That's why we're wearing these t-shirts. It's all about, listen, it's all about doing everything we can to get others to, to notice, to, to understand, to see that there is a man named Jesus who is all God, but he was all man. He came to this earth to die so that we could be free. Say amen. amen. So with that being said, this message today is all about helping us to bring people to Jesus. All right? The title of this message is Come and See. Say that with me. Say it again. We are in John 4. We're going to begin in verse 27. We're going to begin in verse 27. This is what we have. This is the story of the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well, the woman who had issues, the woman who had a past, uh, the woman who had a history that, that probably was disdained by culture, disdained by society, looked down upon. But how many of y'all are glad when the world hates you, Jesus loves you? When the world looks down on you, when the world doesn't think you have potential, when the world uh, doesn't have time for you, there we find Jesus sitting at the well. Amen? 
This woman is delivered. This woman is saved. She becomes a believer in Jesus. And all the while that Jesus is talking to this woman, the disciples have gone into the city to buy food to get something to eat. All right? Now, with that being said, she came to Jesus at the well. The disciples went to the city she came out of to buy food. That's where we're at. Now, she is a believer. I'm not going to go into all the discussion, but it's a good read. Go read how she and Jesus had this conversation. She tries to bring up religion. Jesus revealed himself to her. He said, I am the Messiah, and she becomes a believer. She leaves, and she's headed back to the city, and the disciples are coming back out of the city to come back to Jesus, and that's where we are in this verse. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. Now watch. Now watch, verse 27. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou? Or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come and see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. Uh, uh, brother, did I see Brother Donnie Lawrence over there? Could you get me a water, please, if you don't mind? <clears throat> He's read this before. He knows what it says. Amen. Uh, it says in verse 31, In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Has any man brought him aught to eat? In other words, they said, Who in the world brought him food? What, 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 what is this about? He says, Jesus said, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes, look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that true, uh, is that saying true, one soweth, and another reapeth. Now watch this. This is a pivotal verse. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. Remember that at the end of this message. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the disciples. I hope that's not what your Bible says. Why'd they believe? The saying of the, the woman. But who were the preachers? Who, who, were the, who were the disciples in training? Who were the ones that had been called to be fishers of men? Who were the one that knew the Messiah and knew the one that everybody else was searching for? They didn't hear from them. Y'all with me? They believed because of the saying of the woman which testified he told me all that ever I did church say amen father thank you for your blessings thank you for your mercy thank you for everything that you've done for us you 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 are so worthy of our praise and I pray Lord that your perfect will be done today I pray that you'll move and and encourage us encourage us to fulfill our purpose here on this earth and God will thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This is going to be a long sermon. He brought a Gatorade too. Amen. 
here, here's the deal. Here's, here's what I want to do today. I want to, I want to kind of compare, <clears throat> I want to kind of compare the disciples' behavior and what they did with the behavior of this Samaritan woman. This Samaritan woman is a brand new believer. Uh, uh, she is so excited. She's, she's so excited about what has happened in her life. She's so excited about the change that has taken place. And, and, and she goes and tells everybody. Well, here we have the disciples. And I believe, if you're taking notes, write this down. Here's, no, here's point number one. I want you to see, I want you to see the modern church. All right? Write that down. The modern church. We see the modern church in the, in the activity of these disciples. Say, preacher, what do you mean? Watch how this works. These disciples have been called. They've been chosen. They've been commissioned. Uh, listen, they are the church. The church did not start at Pentecost. The church did not start with 120. The church started with the 12. Jesus called them. He chose them. He said, listen, I am building my church, and now we have basically the church. They've been chosen. They, they're, they're here to be witnesses. They're here to bring. And matter of fact, if you'll go to John chapter number 1, the Bible says, the Bible says that, that they, they that came to Jesus, Nathaniel, or excuse me, let me, let me go ahead and read it. In, in John 1, 45, Philip, who Jesus had already run into, Philip, who is now a believer in Jesus, he findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We found him, of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael saith, I love this, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Have, have you ever been witnessing to somebody and say, Man, you need to come to church. And they say, Why? Why should I go there? What good would that do me? What good is church? Because they have a negative connotation about what church is. They have a negative connotation about the Bible. They have a negative... Why? Because there have been so many pitiful Christians. There's been so many pitiful preachers. There's been people who, who talked it but didn't walk it. They, they, they said it, but they didn't live it. So here they've got this negative... And this is what he's saying. He said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And I love his response. He said, come and... You know what I love telling people? Well, I, I don't think I like temple. Well, come check it out. Come and see. Well, I don't know if God can help me. Come and see. You see, they, this is the way they were in the beginning. This is the way they were when they were new believers. Isn't it amazing how the longer we are saved, it's kinda, it kind of changes our behavior? It kind of changes our enthusiasm? It kind of changes. And I'll be honest with you, y'all might as well put your seatbelts on because there ain't going to be a whole lot of shouting in this one. Well, if it is, you broke the mold because the first two didn't. Amen. My father, my father, uh, I, I've heard stories that after he was saved, after he was saved, he was so excited about what God had done for him that he wanted to tell everybody, and he did tell everybody. And I, they said he would pull up in my grandmother's yard, and my aunts that still live with my grandmother, they would look through the big, there's a plate glass window in there in the front of the house, and they would see him coming, and they would run to the back room because they didn't want to hear it. Because every time he would come by, he would tell them about church. Every time he would come by, he would tell them about the Bible. Every time he would come by, he would tell them what God had done 
for him. And I love baby Christians, I'm telling you. I love people who are so excited. They don't know everything. They don't know hardly anything. All they know is the change that has taken place. All they know is the peace that they have found. All they know is the grace that they've experienced and that God has touched their life and they are different and they got to tell somebody. And then they're saved a while. They're saved a while. Well, this Samaritan woman, she's a new believer. She goes and tells the whole city. But these seasoned believers who've been walking with Jesus and, 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 and knew more about Jesus than anybody, watch what they did. They go into the city. Give me as much volume as you can. They go into the city and go and buy food and then come back. They brought no one to Jesus. No one. You say, how does this have to do with the modern church? I believe we see the modern church in their focus. Say that with me. In their... <coughs> say it again. In their... Their focus. Watch this. They are consumed with their own needs. They're consumed with their own wants. They're consumed with their own desires and their own agenda. You see, they have, they have a schedule. They have a plan. They've got a to-do list. We've got to go into town. We've got to find something to eat. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. And they come into the city that is needy. They come into the city who needs to hear about Jesus. And they go about, and they're so focused, and they're so driven by their own wants and desires, they can't see anything else. And they come back to Jesus. And this woman, and this is where we're comparing the disciples with her. She goes to the same place they just left and brings the whole city back to Jesus. Let me, can, I, can I venture to say this? She did what they should have. Does that make sense? Now watch. Here's, here's the way this works. In their focus, it was inward. It was inward. Do you know what I see a lot of churches doing today, why they're not growing? People call us all the time. I was on, I was on, a, I, I was on a conference call. I was on a conference call with about 85 pastors on Thursday. And uh, I talked to some from San Diego. I talked to some from Arkansas. I talked to some from, uh, from Georgia and South Carolina. And then there was some from New York. And when they come on there, they begin to tell their name and their name of their church. And I thought, they're not from around here. Say <laughs> amen. And I mean, we had this conversation. Do you know there are churches struggling all over the place? And do you know why they're struggling? It's not because the word don't work. The word works if you work it. It's not because the Holy Spirit is not actively seeking and wanting to see people saved. It's not because, listen, that we're in the last days and it's just not going to happen in the last days. That's not the problem. Because the church is exploding in China. The church is exploding in Korea. The church is exploding in, 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 in Russia and parts of the Sudan. It, listen, th that's not the problem. The problem is the church has become so focused on their own wants and their own preferences and their own desires, and we have become little clubs on every corner that just come meet my needs, come bury my dead, come marry my young. You take care of us. Forget about the world. Oh, we won't never say that. We won't, we, listen, the church will never say forget about the world, but we will forget about the world and focus only on ourselves. Listen, 
I, you've been to these churches, you, you've seen this mentality. When we only want what we want, and it don't matter what it takes to reach the unchurched, you're focused on yourself. We build buildings and keep everybody out. We build facilities and we say, only, you can only use this if you're members. What's that saying? We don't care about the world. We want you to take care of... Are y'all with me? Can you see it? An inward focus. Now watch this. Because they were so inwardly focused... They lost all their influence on those around them. You see, there was needy people all around them. There was broken people all around them. There were people who needed Jesus all around them. But all they could see was what they wanted. What does that mean? An inward-focused church will never influence their community. An inward-focused church will never see the needs of their community because they're too focused on their own needs. An inward-focused church says, what can this community do for us? But you know what an outward-focused church will do? What can we do for our... I was asked a question one time, and it kind of stunned me a little bit. The question was this. If your church ceased to exist, would your community miss you? Did y'all hear me in the back? If your church ceased to exist, would your community miss you? That's powerful, isn't it? We have, we have the guys who were walking with the Messiah. And all of these people, they missed it. Because they were so focused on their own needs and their own material desires. Watch. We see the modern church. But then we see... Now, let me say this. Let me say this. I'm glad Temple's different. Y'all get a lot of of blowback and and venting on what I'm seeing in society. So so I want want to say this and, and testify with all honesty... I'm glad Temple's not a traditional, just run-of-the-mill type church that is everywhere in this country. Amen. I'm so glad of that. I'm so glad we've got, a, we've got a vision for the lost, and we've got to focus on those who don't know Jesus, and we're doing everything we can to reach them, and that's the way it needs to be. But watch what, watch what Jesus did. This is so cool. We see, we see the modern church, but then number two, don't you see the missional Christ? They get back to Jesus and say, okay, Jesus, we got you something to eat, man. We've, we, we're here. We've got, you. We've got, we've got it. And, and, and he, said, he said, boys, he says, I have meat to eat that you know not of. And they look at each other and said, what? Did somebody bring him a sandwich? I mean, come on, what happened? Where did he get? And they started asking each other. And Jesus said, and they still don't get it. They still don't get it. Jesus is, have you noticed that Jesus, when he's dealing with people, he's always talking in the spiritual and not necessarily in the physical? You remember when he was talking to Nicodemus and he said, ye must be born again? And Nicodemus was thinking the physical, but Jesus was thinking the spiritual. You remember? Jesus said, I have meat to eat that you know not of. And they said, did someone bring him something? And this is what he said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. I am here to do my father's will. Now let's, let's use it as this illustration. How many of y'all like to eat? 
Now listen, you're not supposed to lie in the house of the Lord. How many of y'all like to eat? All right, that's better. All right, uh, how many of you, here, here's what I'm thinking, here's what I'm thinking. My whole life, and I may be different than folks, but my focus was not always on, is the food going to be good? My focus has always been on, is there going to be enough? Can anybody say amen to the word buffet with me? When I got old enough to understand what that word meant, that was the greatest day in my life. Say amen. Because I knew that I didn't have to stop till I was full. Amen. And, 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 and when you get that full feeling, when you've had all you want, that's fulfillment. And you know what Jesus is saying here? There is something that gives me that feeling that does not come from material things. That feeling of fullness, that feeling of satisfaction, that feeling of fulfillment. They were thinking the physical, and he was trying to get their eyes on the spiritual. And you know what he was saying? It's not what kind of car you drive. It's not what kind of house you live in. It's not the people you hobnob with. It's not how good a restaurant you can eat in. You're not going to find fulfillment from material things, from worldly things, from money or anything of that nature. Your fulfillment is going to come from doing the will of God. You say, how do you know that? Because there are people that are driving Rolls Royce. There are people who are living in mansions. There are people that's got more money than their great, 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 great grandchildren can spend. And they are miserable and they are hopeless and they are empty on the inside. And they're popping pills and they're drinking liquor and they're doing everything in this world. And they're committing suicide. Why? Because the material will not fulfill what's in your heart. He said, let me tell you where I get fulfillment from. He said, you see that young lady just left here with a smile on her face? Do you see that lady whose life is now changed? Do you see that lady who come broken, but she left mended? She come needy, but she left fulfilled? She come hungry, but she... Are y'all with me? That's what touches me. That's what fulfills me. And I think what we need to get from this story is that, listen, let's get our eyes off the physical and start seeing the spiritual. Let's get our eyes off of our... And let me say this. How many of y'all know that we've got, to, in today's society, in today's culture, in today's technology, we've got everything in the world to save time and to, and, and to make things easy, and yet today we are so scheduled, we are so busy, we are so wide open, we're about to pull our hair out. Say amen. amen. We don't have time for anything. Got to go here and go there and go yonder and go, and, and we're running around like crazy. And because of that, because of that, we're not being fulfilled because we're not seeing what Jesus saw. We're not being fulfilled. But Jesus said this, look, look, look. And then, and then, really all of that is the intro to this message. All of that is so you could really get the power behind what he says in this next point. He looks at his disciples and said, guys, guys, look not on the fields and say there are four months. In other words, don't procrastinate. Don't, don't, don't put it off. Don't think you have all the time in the world. We see the message he communicated. Watch this. This is what scholars believe. Now, now you got to get this in your head. How many of y'all got a good imagination? Okay, how many of y'all need a good imagination? Okay, watch, watch this. Here's Jesus at the well. Imagine a well sitting here and, and, and Jesus is sitting here. Okay, 
and, 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 and imagine this is the city over here. All right? The disciples are coming from the city. Well, actually, when it started, the disciples left him to go to the city to buy food, and she passed them to come to Jesus. All right? Her life changes. She meets the Lord. She leaves her pot, and that's another thing, too. That's another thing. That, that, that meal, that food that they bought, that was, that, that's a representation of their agenda. Their scheduling, their burden, if you will. Do you know what she did when she met Jesus? The Bible says she left her pot at the well. Something became more important than her schedule. And, and, not, and not only that, there's another message in this that we'd have to take another day to do. Uh, why did she need the pot when now she has the well? Say amen. Anyway, anyway. All right. She leaves. She leaves. Jesus, uh, Jesus is here. And she leaves Jesus and, and passes the disciples. Because you remember, the disciples saw her and they were, what is, she, what is he doing talking to her? He didn't, they didn't get it, right? Y'all with me? She passes them. And now she is in the city that they just left telling everybody, come and see. Come check out a man who's done told me everything. Come and see. You know what they said? Okay. And they followed. Y'all with me? I'm not making this up. I just read it. Amen. They followed her. So now while she is telling them, come and see, they're following her. In the meantime, he's chewing them out. Jesus is chewing out the disciples saying, guys, you don't get it. You totally missed it. And watch this. While he's saying this, they're coming. Y'all with me? They're coming. And now in that society, in that society, you know, some, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, don't, know, I don't know if this is the, the, the biggest part of this, but some scholars believe, you know, they have them white turbans and all that and dress a lot in the white, white robes and that type of thing. Well, here they come. Well, Jesus is saying, lift up your eyes. Look, the fields are already white under harvest. I don't believe he was pointing at wheat. I don't believe he was pointing at cotton. I don't believe he was pointing at anything. I believe he was pointing at that crowd that was coming out of the city to come see Jesus. He said, look, look. Three things right here under this point. The message communicated. Three things. Get this right here. Please get this. Don't let anything distract you from getting this because this is truly the message for the hour. The first thing that Jesus said to them, he said, don't say there's four months. The time is now. Don't procrastinate. Say it with me, everybody. Don't say it again. Don't say it like you're hollering at your spouse. Don't procrastinate. There you go. I see where we need work at, amen. Y'all was way too good at that, amen. Don't wait. Don't put it off. Don't procrastinate. Understand that time is short. Time is short. Time is short. How many of you be honest with me today? How many of y'all be honest with me today and say there has been times you have meant to, you have thought about, you've prayed about, there was somebody you was going to invite to church, you've been meaning to talk, but you just hadn't got around to it yet. Come on, let's be honest. You know what Jesus is saying today? Quit it. Don't procrastinate. We don't have time. It's not four months then. It's right now. 
When do we need to invite them? Now. When do we need to tell them? Now. When do they need to know? Now. Now. Don't say there's four months. Don't put it off. Don't procrastinate. Do it now. Then he said this. Look at the next phrase. Say not there's four months in the harvest. And the second thing he said, lift up your Lift up your eyes. You know what I believe he's saying there? Number two, or B, if you're writing this down, look for an opportunity. Say it with me. Now, now we've done, done this a, a while ago. Say it with feeling, amen, passion, authority. Say it again. Look for an opportunity. Do you know why we're not you know why we're not seeing people we need to witness to? We're not we're not looking. We're absolutely not looking. How many of y'all are how many of y'all are parents in here? Mainly mamas in here. How many of y'all are, how many of y'all are parents in here not ashamed to admit it? You got children. Raise your hand. You ain't killed them yet. Come on, raise your hand real high. I want to see it. Okay, mama's in the house. How many of y'all have been busy doing something, wide open, I mean you're just crazy busy, you're doing something, and, and one of your children says, Mama, where is the See, only one's going to be honest in the, in the whole house. Amen. And, 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 and this, is, this, is, this is what you say. Did you look in the... And this is what they always say. Yeah, huh? But did they look? No! No! And the mama gets up from whatever they were doing and stops a busy schedule. And we have a nickel holding up a dollar. Say Amen. And she goes into that place and looks in the very place she says, and there it sits. Now we want a hanging. <laughs> Amen? Amen? You know why they didn't see it? They wasn't looking. You know why we're not seeing the broken? You know why we're not seeing the needy? We know why we're not seeing the lost? We ain't looking. You know why we're not looking? We're too focused on our own needs. And, and let me say this. Now, I'm not going to tell you, don't just, let's just go quit our job and let's go, you know, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying don't go, don't go cook family, don't, don't go cook dinner for your family. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying let's just totally abandon. What I'm saying is while you're doing what you're doing, look for an opportunity. What did you, what, listen, what about, you remember in Acts chapter number 2? Remember in Acts chapter number 2, at the very end of Acts chapter number 2, the Bible says the Lord added to the church, say it with me. That means every day, those who are being saved. It says the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved, or those who were being saved. Now how in the world were they getting saved daily? If you'll read chapter 3, you'll find out. At the very beginning of chapter 3, here comes Peter, er, Peter and John uh, going into the temple in our prayer, and they're just going about their own daily, daily schedule, daily business. Here they are, and here's a crippled guy. He's wanting money. He's wanting alms. He's wanting help here, and they look upon him, and we know that Peter and John were Baptists because they said silver and gold have we none. Amen. We don't have no money, but what we do have, we can help you rise up and walk. And this man gets up and walks. Say amen. What did they do? They took advantage of an opportunity. What did Jesus do at the well? He's sitting here tired. He's wore out. The disciples go to get food. He's sitting there wore out. Here comes a woman. Guess what he sees? An opportunity. 
I wonder how many opportunities have sat right beside you and we never saw it. How many opportunities we ran into at the market? How many opportunities we ran into the workplace? How many opportunities are we surrounded by all the time? All the time. And we don't see it because we won't, we won't look. Everywhere. I was in, I was in the, uh, I really don't know why most of my illustrations have to do with food, but I was in a restaurant, amen? Uh, Brother Chris O'Neill was in town. And, uh, and he wanted to get a bite to eat, so I, 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 I was forced to go with him. And, uh, and, and we were sitting there, and, and, the, and, the, and the waitress walked by me, and I noticed a little tattoo on her wrist. She had a little tattoo of praying hands. Y'all seen the, the praying hands? There's a cool story behind that. You ought to read that. But anyway, uh, the, the praying hands there, and, and I saw that. And so the next time she come by, I said, ma'am, tell me about that tattoo. She said, what was you doing? I was taking advantage of an opportunity. It was a way to talk about Jesus in a way that wasn't controversial. Are y'all with me? How many times can we do that? How many places and issues and people that we could take advantage of an opportunity if we would just lift up our eyes? Now, here's the, here's the main point. Main point out of all of them. And everything we learned today is important. But this is the one I want you to get more than anything. Because I have read this chapter a bazillion times, and I never saw this like I saw it. Jesus says, you remember that pivotal verse we were talking about? He says, watch what Jesus says. Guys, I sent you to labor where somebody else already has. Watch what he says, verse number 38. Look in verse 38. Can you put it up there for us? You got that one? I sent you to, what's that word? Reap. That means gather the harvest. That's the fun part. That's the part we celebrate. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no what? Other men what? And ye are entered into, this is what I got out of that. All of a sudden, it dawned on me what the woman had said. Do you remember when Jesus was talking with a woman and things got, they got on a, a spiritual tone? And, 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 and this is what the woman said. Hey, now we know that Messiah is coming who's called Christ. We know he's coming. And you remember what Jesus said? I that speak unto thee am he. You remember that? Well, I wonder who told her about that. She already knew that a Messiah was on the way. She already knew that a Savior was coming. Some scholars believe that it was John Baptist because he was baptizing very, very close to that vicinity. Some people believe that it was followers of John. What was John doing? John was baptizing. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. They asked him, are you the Messiah? He said, no, but he's on the way. He said, I am not him. I am not worthy to latch his shoe. But there's one coming who I'm baptizing with water. But there's one that's going to come and baptize with fire and the Holy Ghost. I'm not him, but he's on the way. So here we have a whole city that's primed. We have a whole city that's prepped. We have a whole city that's looking and ready for a Messiah. And we got the Messiah right outside of town. And the disciples missed it. What's the point? Here's what God told me to tell you. Don't procrastinate. 
look for an opportunity. And in verse 38 teaches this. Be courageous. Be encouraged. Be confident. Know that if God sends you to talk to somebody, he's already sent somebody else to plant the seed. How many times do we not witness because we're afraid of rejection? We're afraid of rejection, but God's saying they're ready. Somebody else has already planted the seed. Somebody else has done the hard work. All you got to do is just say, come and see. This woman didn't preach a theological sermon. She didn't go and break down the Old Testament. She didn't go and use everything to prove that Jesus was who he said he was. She just said, come and see. Now, how many of us in here can't do that? I don't like rejection. Nobody likes rejection. Matter of fact, I, didn't, I wasn't even going to ask Tammy out on our first date until my buddy said she would already say yes. He said, go ask her. I said, no. He said, I've done ask her. She said, she will say yes. All you got to do is ask her. I said, okay, I'm ready now. Amen. <laughs> How many people are waiting for your invitation? How many people do we pass by every day and Jesus has already got them ready? But we won't lift up our eyes and see. Oh, my goodness, I hope you're getting what this is saying. He said the fields are wide and the harvest. I sent you to just go, all you had to do, all you had to do was say, check this man out. And they missed it. But one little lady, who everybody in the world looked down on, was so, have you ever had the, have you ever been so excited you couldn't help it? I've heard people say, I'm so saved, I can't help it. And she had to tell somebody. And look what happened. She brought the whole city to meet the one who could change their life. Who do you need to say, come and see? Who is God leading you this week and next week to say, come and see and meet Jesus? I'm telling you, Easter Sunday, Easter weekends, that Saturday night and that Sunday morning, Jesus is going to be sitting at the well in that building. And I'm asking you to go into the city and say, come and see. I'm asking you to wear your shirt. I'm asking you to take these invite cards and say, come and see. Come and see. Are y'all with me? In the brief span of 30 seconds, in the brief span of 30 seconds, 53 people die worldwide. 36 of them enter into eternity without Christ. That means they die and go to hell. Every 30 seconds, 36 people perish in the lake of fire charles spurgeon's words of urgency and concern need to resonate in our hearts this is what charles spurgeon said some have called him the prince of preachers this is what he said if sinners be damned at least let them leap to hell over our bodies if they will perish let them perish with our arms around their knees 
Let no one, let no one, let no one go there unwarned or unprayed for. Do we see the sincerity? Let me give you this and we'll pray. A survey was done. A survey was done and asked, why did you join the church? Why did you get saved? Why did you come into the church? And this is what was said. Six to eight percent walked in on their own initiative. They decided to come. Two to three percent liked the program. Eight to ten percent liked the pastor. Three to four percent had a need. One to two percent were evangelized. Three to four percent were attracted by Sunday school. Watch this. Seventy to eighty percent were invited by a friend or family member. What does that mean? Who are you going to say, come and see? The national average is this. The average church member knows seven unchurched friends. Seven. So I don't know that many. Check your phone. I dare you to go in your phone list. I've got 47 million phone numbers in my, in my phone. And I can't remember none of the phone numbers. If I ever lose my phone, I'll never be able to talk to nobody. Have y'all noticed that's really ruined everything? Nobody knows numbers anymore. We just know where their name is. Punch in their name, boom. Scan it. And you tell me out of all of those people, you can't find seven people that you can say, come and see. You say, why is it a big deal? Because they say out of those seven people, 80% will come if they're invited. So out of the seven, five will come. How many of your friends... How many of your family members are you going to tell in the next two weeks? Come and see. Come and see, because I promise you, I already know what's going to happen. <coughs> I already know what's going to be in the service. I already know what we're going to learn about this man named Jesus, and it's going to be phenomenal. They will never see Jesus like they're going to see them in two weeks. Will you help me reach them and just say, listen, where's the man by that? Tanner, come and see. Is that very complicated? For you, for you shy people, let's try one more. Let's try a good one around. Yeah, you can come up here. It's all right. It's legal. <laughs> just, just go over there. You can come by me. Listen, if you're shy like me, you, you can do this right here. All right, all right, all right, brother. All right, amen. All right. <laughs> hey. That's cool. Whatever works for you, man, that's, how, that's all I'm going to say. Come and see. I know used to people would put them in the gas pumps and they put them in the bathroom and all, but I ain't picking up nothing in the bathroom. Are y'all with me? Say man. Don't do that. Don't be putting it behind the toe. Oh, yeah, okay. No. <laughs> Who needs one of these? Who needs you to say, you to say, come and see? And all God's people said. These, matter of fact, these, these, these invites are right outside that door, right on that table. Do not go home without them. Let's find seven friends. Let's find seven family members. And say, and say, I can't hear you, the rain. One more time. Let's give God praise and glory. Amen.
Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your blessings. We thank you for your mercy, your goodness today. Father, help us to go out and tell everyone, come and see. God, we need so desperately to tell the lost there is a Savior who will meet their need. Father, I pray right now that you'll bless now the baptismal service. I pray that you'll bless the invitation. I pray that your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand.